This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. On today's podcast, I am joined by sports agent and owner of Capture Sports Agency in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Chantel Smith-Jones. Chantel discusses how her experiences as a college student athlete led her to open her own sports agency. She also explains the mission behind Capture Sports Agency, as well as provides tips for college student athletes on branding and what to look for in an agent. You can learn more about Capture Sports Agency by visiting www.capturesportsagency.com or following them on Instagram or Twitter at Capture Sports. I hope you enjoy the show. Excited to be joined by Chantel Smith-Jones. She is a sports agent with Capture Sports Agency located here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, here in Northeast Indiana. Chantel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Brandon. I appreciate it. It's our pleasure to have you. And as we were talking a little bit before we got started today in the show, we have a lot of students who are interested in becoming a sports agent or sports agency. So anybody, anytime we get somebody who's actually working in the field, it's really exciting for us. So before we kind of get started talking about some of your job specific responsibilities and, and advice to students and, and topics going on in sport right now, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe uh, tell us about your background and, and how you got started in a sports agency and, and come to own your actual sports agency. So for the most part, um, I started playing basketball at like the age of three. And then from there, I didn't play AAU. I didn't play any type of club basketball or anything of that matter. Um, it was pretty much just playing <laughs> is how it started. Um, so I started actually playing on a team in middle school. I went to Memorial Park. Um, and then after that, I went to Southside, played basketball there. And then that's when I realized that I wasn't going to make it to the WNBA. <laughs> so in my mind, it's it's what am I going to do now? Like what is going to still allow for me to be in sports um, and still be able to make an impact in sports? So I'm still trying to figure out what that was like a lot of people would, would tell me is like, you know, God hit me early. He made me try to make a, a turn and a transition, like a pivot in life on, you know, what's the next thing. Um, so I started that journey early of trying to figure out what, what the next thing was. So I also started running track um, my freshman year in high school at Southside. I went to state twice. Um, I got fifth my junior year in the 400. Um, so became a really good track athlete, I guess you can say. <laughs> And then from there um, is when I went to Indiana Tech, where I got my um, scholarship to run at Indiana Tech, where I also um, studied um, business administration and my concentration was sports management. Um, And it was there, I think my freshman or sophomore year is when I realized what my next pivot was. Um, And it was getting into, I'm still going on that route of being in sports, um, but I think the sports agency thing really hit me my sophomore year in college. Um, because I was able to see a lot of the people that I played with in high school made it to that next level and either didn't understand the process of being represented or they were misrepresented or they had no knowledge or education on the process at all. Um, so from there is when I decided, like, I think it's it's important for me to jump into being a sports agent so that I can, one, educate the people that I'm around um, and two, you know, just bring more light into the into the industry and then three you know, make a difference um, in the industry. 
Um, so my sophomore year is when I really started dig deep into it. Um, and when my advisor, Craig Dyer, you know, really started helping me and, and pushing me to go that route. So from there is when I got my internship. I think I got my internship in my, my sophomore or junior year um, with a small sports agency down in Dallas um, called Max Sports Group. Um, and I was able to do it virtually because I was still running um, at Tech, which was awesome. So I did that. I was able to learn, you know, pretty much all that I could um, at the time about being, you know, a sports agent and doing scouting reports and this, that, and the third. So um, I was able to do that. I think I was there for about a year, year and a half. And then it just came to me, you know, I heard God's voice say, you know, I need you to bring a sports agency back to Fort Wayne. Um, and at first I was just like, no, <laughs> like you're crazy. Uh -huh, I'm not about to do that. Cause in my mind, it's a male, it's a male dominated industry. Like you want mm -hmm. me to go in and somehow, you know, make a difference in this industry. And, and it's a male dominated industry. I, I don't know, you know, everything that I need to know to be able to make that push. Um, so I was ignoring God for a while <laughs> um, and, and saying like, I think you got the wrong person. Um, so I, I went on a couple more months and he came to me again and he was like, I need you to bring a sports agency to Fort Wayne. Um, and then that's when I was in prayer and he was like, if I called you to do this, then you're more than qualified. And it was then when I was like, okay, I guess I have to be obedient. Um, and then from there is, is when I started Capture Sports Agency. I think I started in December of 2015. And then from there, it's, it's just been an amazing journey since then. Well, you can tell that if you go to the Capture Sports Agency website and it's CaptureSportsAgency.com and you can see, you know, just looking at your, kind of your mission statement and your goals, there's kind of that altruistic vision uh, about mm -hmm. that. And that really comes through. And, you know, talking about Northeast Indiana, I mean, Fort Wayne's been a pretty fertile breeding ground of some professional athletes in a variety of, of different sports, you know, particularly the, the NFL, but the um, Major League Baseball and NBA and, and WNBA. But, you know, one of the things you talked about, it's kind of a male dominated field. So what is the experience like as a female trying to get into this industry, um, knowing that I've got some students here at Trine who are female who are really interested in sports agency, but might have kind of the same reaction, like, ah, I don't know, you know, what do they need to do to kind of break through? Um, it's tough. Mm. I, I won't even, I won't even lie and say that it's a walk in the park. Um, it's definitely tough, um, especially for women, uh, especially for a woman who's of color at the same time, you know, it's difficult to get into the industry um, one, because it's male dominated. Two, we're being looked at totally different. Whereas we can go into, say, like a, a NFL combine or NFL draft or whatever the case may be, we could go into a meeting and, you know, we're dressed apart. But the male counterparts around us think that, one, we're either a wife, we're either a girlfriend, or we're a baby mama. And that we're, that's not what we're there for. Mm -hmm. We're there to do our job. So we have to worry about that. Like things that we have to worry about is our appearance because we're always being looked at for what we're not. You know, I'm an actual sports agent. I'm not someone's wife, I'm not someone's mother. Like I'm actually here to do my job. And, and that's something that we have to worry about. Um, we have to worry about our voices not being heard because we're not taken seriously because they think we don't know anything about the, the industry or the, or the sport, you know, whatever the case may be. But what I've learned, you know, throughout this process is you have to continue to bet on yourself. You have to continue to invest in yourself. Um, and if you're passionate about this and if this is something that you really want to do, you're going to go through with it and you're going to continue to break those barriers because you can't let that just stop you because mm -hmm. then if that stops you, anything can stop you. 
Um, so for the most part, you have to continue to bet on yourself and invest in yourself. I love it. And I think kind of being anchored in your faith seems to play a big part in that as well. So, um, you know, that's, that's great to hear and, and kind of, you know, just some of our female listeners, just having a little bit of that grit and believing in yourself um, mm-hmm. is really important. And another thing you talked about is a lot of kind of maybe some misinformation that athletes may hear, or maybe some people who I guess maybe to put it nicely are trying to take advantage of them a little bit because they get to a certain status. So um, you don't have to give maybe, you know, examples of individual people, but what are some of the things that you've seen out there where you just kind of raise your eyebrows and like, wow, I can't believe some of these athletes are, are being treated like this. Or, you know, if you're a high level athlete in college and you have a chance and opportunity to play professionally, what are some things that they mean they may need to look out for? Um, so for the most part, it's a lot of the athletes aren't doing the research mm-hmm. um, when they're when they're signing with a lot of these agents. Um, a lot of them just go with, you know, who's the most flashiest, you know, mm-hmm. who has the most money. Um, who has the most clients, you know, or whoever tells them lies from, from the jump. Um, so a lot of these athletes need to do the research. Um, they need to, I know a lot of athletes listen to their coaches and they listen to their parents, but they need to be able to make that decision for themselves. Um, Cause a lot of times some of these coaches are pushing agents that they work for or pushing agents that they're close with, whatever the case may be. Um, and sometimes certain agents are, aren't a certain fit for, you know, that athlete. Um, so you have to figure out, you know, who you're connected with, who has your best interests, um, and who's just, you know, looking out for you for the most part. Um, so one thing is, is definitely paying attention to that. Um, like I said, a lot of, a lot of agents will, you know, just sign the top athletes just to say one, that they have them, um, two, that they're just another number on their roster, um, and three, pretty much just to, just to say that they have them for the most part. So, um, athletes need to be aware of that um, and understand that, you know, you have to go for somebody who has your best interest for the most part. So how do you think that informs the way that you approach sport agency? Um, if you could give maybe a 30 to uh, 60 second elevator pitch, you know, to a, to a <laughs> client, um, how do you think that makes you different? Because I think you understand and see that, yeah, there's some sharks in the water out there, but I want to go a different route. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's me being with, with my age. Um, I understand the athletes a lot more. I know what they're going through. I know mm-hmm. what they've been through. Um, I played basketball. Um, I am a coach still. Um, so I know, you know, what they're looking for, what they're not looking for, um, for the most part. Um, and again, I'm with this time. So I know about the TikToks and the, and the Instagrams and the reels and stuff like that. So I know how to help build your brand for this generation. Um, so I know how this generation is talking. So I know how you can talk to your generation. Another thing is we're growing, we're building the, the network, we're building our connections. Um, and we're, we're not trying to have a whole bunch of clients. For us, our thing is, it's quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to make sure that our athletes are taken care of. We want to make sure that everyone is getting, you know, the needs that they have are being met. Um, and we're helping them become more than just athletes. Um, for us, we want to help them become entrepreneurs, role models, um, people that invest in teams, companies, whatever the case may be, um, people start foundations and just pretty much give back to their community for the most part. So one of the things you talked about was social media and brand building, and this is going to be a, a really broad question. So I apologize in, in advance, but, you know, kind of being a little bit younger and understanding how social media works, both the pros and cons, 
that go mm -hmm. along with it. What are some of the best ways for athletes to build their brand, whether they're in college, college and they're trying to get a NIL deal to Chipotle or, you know, uh, you're a professional athlete and you're actually trying to capitalize on those, you know, really few years that you have to, to make um, a significant amount of money. Um, so for me, I would say definitely tell your story. Nobody knows who you are unless you tell your story. None of these companies can relate to you unless they know what your story is. Um, and then that's, that's pretty much how a lot of these companies go after these athletes is because they know where their story is. So use your platform, tell your story. Um, if there's something that you're um, passionate about, speak on it. Um, just know when to speak on it, when not to speak on it. Pretty much just use your voice, use your platform um, for social media. Always be aware of what not to post. <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah, but pretty much just use, use your platform to tell your story and, and use your voice to express those things that you are passionate about. That's, you know, something close to your story. Um, for the most part. So I guess maybe I'll consider it a fun follow-up to that. Would there be anything that you would suggest a client like, hey, don't post? You know, it's one thing to, to tell your story and be maybe really passionate about things, but then there's other things like, oh, I would really steer away from that. Oh, man. Uh, it would depend on the situation. Okay. Um, I think, you know, when athletes they're not understanding of what not to post and what to post. Like there's, there's some athletes where say they lost a game, mm -hmm. say it's a Michigan Ohio state game and Ohio state loses and you have a player that's walking off the field and he's flicking off the, the fans right there. It's a wrap only because um, let's say, for example, you're trying to get an NIL deal and let's say you're, you're, you know, a professional athlete and you're trying to get an endorsement deal but the person that you're working with was a Michigan fan or went mm -hmm. to Michigan and you were flicking off Michigan fans, they're going to feel some type of way about that. And you never know who these people are. They might hold a grudge on you because you flicked them off, you know? So you have to be aware of what you're posting at all times because what you post is going to, is going to either help you or it's going to hurt you. So you have to, be mindful of what you're posting because it can always come back and bite you in the rear end. That's great advice. And we talk about that with our students too, who aren't, who aren't even athletes, you know, everybody's going to apply for a job at some point and it's really easy to go back to social media and, and see some of the things that uh, might not represent a company really well. So um, that, that's really great advice. And just to kind of switch gears, um, you know, you've got your own sports agency. So you created something out of, out of whole cloth, which, which is really cool. You know, you had your internship with somewhere else, but you kind of created something on your own. So, you know, if you could talk with students about or, or give some advice, how they can break into the business, whether they just hang their own shingle and go or, or um, are attached to a firm, um, do they need to go to law school? Do they need certain types of experience? Do they need to, to network their brains out? Like what is some, how would they get started in this? Um, so first thing first, um, law school is not your in-all be-all. Um, I know a lot of agents who didn't go to law school but are still sports agents. Now, law school won't hurt you, but it can only help you. I mean, it'll hurt you because of the, you know, student loans. But <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, like, it can only push you forward. Like, it can only help you. Because um, if you think about it, you're doing contracts, which is a part of law. So if you're doing contracts, that means you have to negotiate the contracts. Where are you going to get the negotiating experience from if you don't go to law school? Um, another thing is you're negotiating marketing deals. 
if you don't understand the law jargon that's in those contracts, you could easily miss something and mess up a career, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So those are just a few things where, you know, anything could happen. Let's, let's say your, your athlete gets into trouble with the law and you have to know between criminal law, tort law, you know, anything of that matter. And then another thing is intellectual property. Mm. You know, that's, that's the whole NIL thing. You have to understand what that is. Otherwise you can't really steer your client in the right direction because you don't really know about intellectual property, you know? So those type of things is good to know um, to help your client and, and everything else. So um, law school can help you in that sense. But like I said, you don't really have to have a law degree to be a sports agent. And that's great information to know. Like we talked about, you have your master's at, at Arizona State um, in, in sports law, and there's a lot of routes and avenues to get to where you're at. So I think that's really good information for students. And, you know, you just brought up NILs, and we, we had a symposium on it last month, and we kind of talked about building your brand, and we've talked a little bit about brand building. Um, but you brought up something interesting, talking about intellectual property. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of great things that's coming out of NIL, but then there's also things that that student athletes really need to consider before they, they get started. So, you know, if you were to advise student athletes and, and we'll have trying students listening to this and, and hopefully other student athletes listening to this, you know, what are some of the th- considerations that they need to take, uh, they need to take in before they enter into an NIL deal? It's not all about the money. Mm, okay. Because whatever you sign with, it's a part of you. So like I just said about the whole social media thing, like you have to tell your story, like you have to post things that's related to you that you care about, that you're passionate about. If you sign with any type of company and it has nothing to do with your values and your morals, it's now part of you. It's, it's a part of what you stand for. It's a part of who you are. Um, another thing, don't just sign with anything because there's money involved. Like it has to be intentional. So let's say, for example, you want to sign with a people like people that make t-shirts something like that and they're giving you there's no there's really no money involved you're just wearing their stuff you know that doesn't benefit you at all you have to do things that's intentional that's going to help you build your nil um profile um and if you don't do that then you're pretty much just hurting yourself like it's there's no point of you doing any type of nil deal if you're not trying to benefit off of it um because i was once an athlete so if athletes Mm -hmm. are trying to you know be you know, create their NIL, one, to provide for themselves because they can't get any money from, you know, coaches, agents, whatever the case may be, unless they have a job. But, you know, with being an athlete, there's so much time you have to put into your sport. So if you can't get money from all those revenues, but you're trying to provide for yourself, you know, help yourself build. And and let's say, for example, being a sports agent, that stuff takes money. You have to invest in yourself. So you have to have money for that. If you're trying to let's say, you know, help your parents or a sister or family, whatever the case may be, you just wearing somebody's shirt isn't going to help you. So like I said, you have to be intentional um, with these NIL deals that you're going with. Another thing is, you know, find an agent or whatever the case may be that's same thing as, as having a professional athlete that has your best interest. You know, find someone who's really going to help you, understands the market um, and understands your area. You know, because each state has different laws, um, each state has, you know, different marketing abilities, whatever the case may be. Um, so you have to be aware of that. Um, so my advice would be pay attention to um, the revenue income, pay attention to who you're signing with, um, whether that be an agent or the company, 
um, and be aware of your values and your morals before you sign with these people. And I hope people listening really drink that in because this is the, I think the third person who just talked about, you know, one, being intentional and two, aligning yourself with companies or brands that you would be passionate about or that align with, you know, your morals, your ethics, and, and just who you are as a person. So um, that's great advice. And, and again, we, we're hearing that over and over again. So um, I hope that student athletes who, who hear this, you know, it's not just all a money grab and, you know, we've got professionals telling you, so I hope you're listening. <laughs> um, Tell us about your day-to-day -day as a sports agent. You know, when, when you wake up and you get going till, till you uh, shut it down at night, um, what are you doing to, to help your clients and, and also for you to, to build your business? Oh, man, it's a lot. So yesterday, I think I was up by 7.30. And then from there, um, I got on, I started talking to my client who's overseas. Um, she's in Portugal right now. Um, I started talking to her. I started talking to my, my partner agent overseas and, you know, he's in Italy. So the time difference, so we have to talk <laughs> early. Um, so for the most part, um, it's getting up, making sure I'm talking to them because of the time difference. Um, the next thing is checking our social media to make sure everything is, you know, where it needs to be and everything is already out. And that's with the agency. And that's also with our, our podcast that we have called capturing the game. Um, the Game Into the Game podcast, where we have a lot of our, um, we have a lot of people that's in the sports industry on that podcast, giving advice um, to people um, about, you know, getting into the industry, what they need to do to get into the industry, what they need to do to stay in the industry, um, and several other things. Um, so we have, have to make sure all that stuff is set. Um, we're actually working on putting together a conference, uh, a virtual conference that'll be here in April. Um, it's our marketing conference. Um, that we're putting together. We have a lot of people that's in the industry um, who are, you know, doing marketing things. Um, I know we have someone from Under Armour, we have somebody from Tagboard, and we have someone from Spalding um, so far. So it's, it's getting through all of that. <laughs> and then it's um, our client is working on um, starting her business, um, getting her designs out and stuff like that. So we have to make sure that's good for the most part. Um, that puts me at probably about 11. <laughs> um, and then it goes to, um, for the next part, it's, it's recruiting. Um, so watching game film, um, talking with parents, setting up meetings, um, figuring out, you know, which athletes we're going to approach, which athletes we're not going to approach, um, whatever the case may be. So we have to go through all of that. Um, that puts me at about three, three-ish maybe. Um, and I'm also an assistant track and field coach. So 320 is our track practice. So I'm at practice for two hours and then I leave there. And then next thing you know, there's college games on. So I'm watching college games for the rest of my night, all while, again, talking to my client, talking to my agent, texting players, texting parents, whatever the case may be, just trying to make sure that we have everything put together yeah, it's 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 a long, <laughs> a long thing. We're working on our marketing stuff. We're we're working on our client stuff and um, social media and the podcast. And it's it's a lot in just one day. Yeah, the life of a business owner. You you don't get yeah. to sleep. You know, <laughs> um, 
so, so tell us like you're going out and, and you're trying to get new clients, you know, that kind of being the lifeblood of any business, getting revenue coming in. So what's that process like? How do you, you know, go from your recruiting and you're watching game film and all that to actually like making the contact and, and trying to sign these new athletes? Um, so for the most part, I just got to make this one part clear mm-hmm. <laughs> before you recruit. Um, this is for anybody who's trying to be a sports agent, um, whatever the case may be before you recruit, any athlete, make sure you are registered in that state. Hmm. Um, otherwise, you can get a fine for recruiting in that state and you're not registered with that state. Um, so, for example, even if a kid is from Fort Wayne, if you're not registered in the state that they're playing in, you can be fined. So that's that's a huge thing. Um, but for the most part, um, once we've gotten to the point where, you know, we've, we've recruited them for a while, we've watched them for a while, um, and then it goes to, all right, let's have let's have a meeting with the parents. Um, figure out, you know, you know what's, you know, the thing going on there. Um, and then if we, if we hit off or, or anything of that matter, um, that's when we start having the conversation after the season, of course, um, with the parents and the athlete um, about what their um, intentions are, what they're trying to do, and and possibly sign them with the agency. Um, and then from there, um, with the WNBA the college basketball season is normally over April the 2nd. That's like when final fours and everything is almost over or it's over. And then they have like a week or two and it's the WNBA draft. So it's not like the NBA where they have months to prepare. It's you have a week or two and then it's a WNBA draft. And then right after that, you have like another couple of weeks and the season starts, you know? So, yeah. So it's, it's that and, it's staying on top of, of that timeline, that time period. Um, so it's a very busy time once March Madness hits. Uh, I could only imagine. And, and it sounds like, especially if you're working with, with WNBA teams but, or, or, or players, potential players or, or any college player, you know, I know some of the NCAA rules have changed a little bit. Um, but mm-hmm. for the most part, you still really can't represent players, I don't think, too much. So a lot of it starts with kind of contacting the families and, and maybe building a little bit of trust. And then hopefully, you know, they see the value in, in signing with CSA. Um, mm-hmm. And then after and basically when they're eligible or when their eligibility is done, um, then they're able to, to actually sign and go forward. Right. Yeah. OK. All right. Um, so um, Chantel Smith-Jones, um, she's available on, on social media. we got the podcast. She's got her sport marketing event. If any of our students wanted to, to reach out and, and kind of get involved in your event, they want to listen to your podcast or just to follow you or, or CSA on social media, where can they find you? So you can find me um, on Instagram and Twitter um, at Agent CSJ. Um, and then you can find our podcast on um, Instagram and Twitter um, it's at CTG underscore podcast. Um, and then I think on TikTok, I think it might be CTG podcast, I believe. <laughs> um, and then I'm also on TikTok, same agent CSJ. And then, yeah, I think, and then if you want to get more information on the sports marketing conference, um, you can shoot me an email at csmith um, at capturesportsagency.com. Um, and then you can also visit our website um, at capturesportsagency.com. The information isn't up there yet, but it should be by the end of the week. Um, but that's that for the most part. All right. Well, Chantil, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. I enjoyed myself. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to check out our social media pages for our next guest on February 1st. As always, we'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for his work behind the scenes today. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. If you've liked this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Center for Sports Studies podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star rating if you've liked what you've heard. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also, be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TrineCSS. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.